there. Welcome to another episode of Where the Fuck Are the Popcorn Bags, the podcast where we review a movie, but not before we give you some tidbits, and then go watch it while we eat some snacks, and maybe sneak in some of that sweet, sweet Mary Jane. I am the one and only Mantis Toboggan, and I just want to wish all the union workers a happy Memorial Day, and also, happy birthday, America. Okay. (laughs) And I'm Brianna, and I'm wondering what... Domino's is like in Denmark. Do they have it? I don't know. Is it sweet? Is the crust sweet? I don't know. Let's just go. (laughs) Hopefully we'll find out because today we'll be watching the Danish action war black comedy drama Riders of Justice starring Mads Mikkelsen. Before we get into the movie of the night, however, Brianna and I are going to talk about our expectations and discuss some things we learned about it while lazily scanning the internet. And of course, stay tuned for after the review for a little bit of headlines from the week. Uh, Brianna, how are you doing this week? Good? Well, I had to work today. Thank you, Amazon. Um, Happy Memorial Day to you. Yep, it was a great Memorial Day and um, very short, so I'm ready to watch this. I'm ready to go Mads for Mad. Been thinking about it all day. For the record, everybody, uh, before we get into it, this movie is in subtitles, so just be warned if, uh, if, you, were, if you were curious. It is in Danish, completely. <laughs> <laughs> Didbits! The movie of the night, as I have mentioned previous, Riders of Justice. It is a Danish film, um, an hour and 56 minutes, written and directed by Anders Thomas Jensen. I'm just going to go, I'm going to go for it on these names. Uh, he won an Oscar, <laughs> Brianna, in 1999, actually, for uh, Best 1998. Short. 1998. Oh, wow. All right. Either way, Best <laughs> Short called Election Night in, in English. It's called Election Night. About, um, about a man on his way to the polls. An idealist yet absent-minded voter must endure continuous waves of racist cab drivers and their offensive remarks. I don't know what racism's like in Denmark, but I bet it's not great. I bet it's like, I bet the Danish can get racist. I bet they can get really racist, but they're probably like super polite in their like delivery of it. So you're like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I bet it's real. (laughs) I bet it's real like bless your heart kind of (laughs) racism. Um, he's probably, though, most famous, Anders, Anders Jomas, uh, he's probably most famous, though, for writing the screenplay for the Dark Tower adaption that came out a few years ago with Idris Elba. He does not have... I didn't see it. No, I didn't see it either. Uh, He does not have many notable directing roles. This is maybe his, like, sixth or seventh directing role. A few of them have been shorts. Most of his movies are Danish films. Um, he has worked with Mads Mikkelsen five times so far, though, so they obviously must have a good rapport with one of each other. Uh, I know that he shares the idea for this movie, though, with a guy named Nicolaj Arcel, who also has a writing credit on The Dark Tower, uh, and the movie The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. So they must have met on The Dark Tower and then conceived this this film. Um, it's produced by the same company that produced Midsommar, called, <laughs> Nor- <laughs> called Nordisk Film. <laughs> Great name for a, a Danish production company, Brianna. Nordisk? I feel like we're pronouncing everything so poorly. Midsommar. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously the movie stars Maids Mikkelsen, of course, <laughs> uh, who just starred in the Oscar-winning international film Another Round, which I have yet to see, but Brianna did, and I'm pretty sure you really enjoyed it, right? I did. Yeah. I loved uh, it. You, It's a definite watch. It's very, it's not super long, you gotta, it's not action-packed, but it's, it's meaningful. I definitely have to watch it before they come out with the English version with fucking Leo, because I'm going to see both. Let's let's be real. Uh, of course, mm. Mads Mikkelsen is, uh, has been in James Bond, um, Doctor Strange, the Hannibal TV series, etc., etc. I'm going to be honest with everybody, though, right now. I tried to explain who he was to my girlfriend this weekend. I was like, yeah, I'm watching Riders of Justice. It stars Mads Mikkelsen. She goes, oh, who's he? And I was like... Honestly, like, even if I showed you a picture, you probably wouldn't know who he was. And I, off the top of my head, like, in the moment, I was like, off the top of my head, I really can't think of anything that he's been in that <laughs> that you would have seen. But he's, like, super famous and in a lot of stuff. But I just can't name anything. Uh, I, I feel like that's, like, Mads Mikkelsen's career so far. He's getting a lot more recognition, especially over the last, like, 10 to 15 years. But he's been in so many things. I want to say he plays, like, a bad guy a lot. And so, he was Hannibal, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, I watched the whole Hannibal TV series, and that's how I know him. But other than that, like, if you're not into Doctor Strange, like, you've never really seen him probably in anything yeah. mainstream. Was that Hannibal ever. TV series good? Any good? You know, considering it was on, like, regular network television, and then it switched over to, I think, Netflix or something, or one of those, it wasn't bad. Okay. You definitely have to be a fan of the franchise. Hannibal, but you also don't like you don't have to know any of the backstory, but you have to be into that kind of, you know. Does he play him well? That's all I really care about. Of course he does. Okay. You actually I mean, the thing I really liked about the Hannibal TV series was Hannibal is a wonderful home cook, and so a lot of the food shots were actually pretty legit and like actual michelin star chefs were like consulted on the food and stuff so all the food looks really good see that's a fun i like that that's a fun way to branch off of the hannibal universe just like take a small thing that you knew he was proficient at and then expand upon that that's that's really cool the only reason i asked you know if it was any good i don't doubt that he was good it's just that's a tough role to follow up on it um it definitely explores, you know, they keep obviously Hannibal and then there's Will, what's his face, the the doctor or not the doctor, the cop who's all messed up because he followed Hannibal too much. But they kind of they do a gender swap on one of the characters, which is interesting, and then they kind of they branch out a little bit, but I'd okay. recommend it. Use a little Buffalo Bill magic. Uh, see, I, no, I dig, it's, I dig. it's before all that. Uh, okay, all right. Maybe I'll look into it. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, let me let me let me butcher some more of these uh, these people's names though that are in the movie. Riders of Justice. Uh, it also stars Nicolaj Likas. No relation to uh, the other Nicolaj, who also wrote the movie. Um, because people with the first first names they don't always. They're not always related to each other, just so people don't know. Uh, it also stars Lars Briegman and uh, a man named Nicolas Bro. Honestly, those guys are in a bunch of Danish stuff. If I if I told you what movies, you 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 probably wouldn't know. So I'm not, I'm not even gonna waste my time. Could find absolutely nothing else, Brianna. Uh, at least not in English. And we need a better research <laughs> department here at Where the Fuck Are the Popcorn Bags. So I apologize. <laughs> Well, ever since Marjo went home, it's just, it's not the same. Well, Marjo, yeah, Marjo, you know, quarantine's over. He was able to come out of the basement and finally go home to see his family, but he'll be back in some future episodes. Don't worry. He'll be back here and there. He'll be working remote. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little, it's a little WFH for him. Uh, Did you find any tidbits? Honestly, couldn't find anything that wasn't you know review or a spoiler i did find one review that i thought was interesting that said it was right up there with another round in terms of you know meaning fullness yep. <laughs> but it's it's it. that's really all i could find all i know is that mads looks like an absolute daddy in the trailer and he does play a dad so it makes sense but you know what i mean yeah totally it, it, it for me it looks funny uh, it looks enjoyable. Uh, it looks like a film that's going to be a good time, to be completely honest with you, based on the trailer. Uh, at the time of the recording, Brianna has a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb based off 11,827 reviews. It has a 94% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes based on 86 reviews and a 91% audience score based on like 50 plus reviews, 81% on Metacritic and 92% of Google users like this movie. So all around, looking like people are enjoying themselves. If you don't like subtitles, you can fuck right off because there's no way that subtitles is going to ruin a movie experience for this guy. What are your expectations, Beans? I am very excited. I'm a big fan of Mads. I love listening to other languages, even though I got to focus on what they're saying by reading. That's okay, though. You know, lots of movies nowadays are going to be like that. We need to branch out and explore. Yeah, yeah. Before you give us the synopsis, as far as I know, it's going to be about Mads Mikkelsen, who's really serious, and he has to work with a bunch of, like, uh, I think they call them nerds in the trailer, but a bunch of, like, kind of, like, geeky guys, and he has to, he has to teach them how to use guns and stuff. That's that's literally the only concept I know going into the movie, and that's that's what excites me the most. So why don't you gear up the synopsis for us while I 
pack up my dab ray. Got dabs on the day. Yeah, let's go. Whoop, whoop. Well, do you want the real synopsis or do you want my version, my take on the synopsis? Can I have both? Sure. Yeah, give me the real synopsis first. Real synopsis. Marcus returns home to care for his daughter when his wife dies in a train accident. However, when a survivor of the wreck surfaces and claims foul play, Marcus suspects his wife was murdered and embarks on a mission to find those responsible. And what about yours? Your personal one? Just any Liam Neeson movie, but spoken in Danish. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. I'm going to start asking for both from now on. So get ready for that. All right, everybody, pack up your soup, your bongs, your bowls, and not your stews, because it's fucking May, and Brianna hates stew, whatever. Three, two, (gasps) one. I don't hate stew. And we're back. From watching Danish sex trafficking, grief gone too far. Brianna, what did you think of tonight's movie, Riders of Justice? All I know is I'm never going to Randers, because apparently lots of rape happens there. Yeah, Randers is the apparently the headquarters of just weird sex shit that Danish people do. Sorry if you're from there. I don't mean to offend you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be from Horsens, apparently. <laughs> I'd rather be from literally anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Randers, Randers, Denmark. But not really, sorry. We were just only going off the depiction of Randers in the film. Um, Riders of Justice is was interesting. It did... It had some ups and it had some downs and it had some blood with uh, eye holes. Ooh. Lots uh, of fat oh, shaming, that... too. Oh, my God. So much fat shaming. So much fat shaming. And they use the word fag and retard in this movie a lot. Like, a lot. Yeah, they, they The do. F word more than the, the R word, I guess. They use the F word, like, 15 times, I want to say. No joke. They just went for it. Honestly, I it was hard to tell. We'll get into that later, but it was hard to tell if they were referring to that the whole time. I don't know. We'll get into yeah, it. Yeah, right. That's later. What did you think overall, though? Overall, Riders of Justice is interesting. Um, I don't want to say I enjoyed it, but it was worth a watch. I'm glad I watched it. And you don't think you don't think you enjoyed it? <sighs> There were personal problems for me watching my version of it that kind of took away a lot of my excitement. Okay, yeah, full disclosure, Brianna actually ended up uh, watching a dubbed version where I watched a subbed version. I mentioned that I didn't think there was going to be a dubbed version, but uh, Brianna apparently got that one, and her experience was a little dampered by the fact that the subs were a little shitty. Uh, just My, the yeah. voice acting. Another thank you to Amazon for having an English dubbed version of this movie only available. So, uh, shout out Jeff you. Bezos. Yeah, thank you Amazon for two slaps in the face today. And uh, yeah, what did you think of it? I liked it. I mm-hmm. thought that the characters really stood out. Like that's the first thing that comes off the bat is they were it was really well acted good character work and they were the characters were really well written uh lots of different personalities and traumas like anal thaller with his quirk about like resolution being too shitty um the daughter's boyfriend the the great value evan peters like he had the worst style but he was a good character like great for helping the movie uh move through the grief plot line you know mm-hmm. so like i i i really appreciated that the the direction for me was enjoyable like good blocking in framing, like in scenes, like the some scenes were super intense, uh, and some scenes were more comical, just just based on how they set the camera. So uh, I think that Anders Thomas Jensen, the def, def knows how to use a camera, is solid. <laughs> I thought the color palette was great. There was a specific scene where uh, Bodak Bojanovic, the 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 sex traffic uh, au pair, um, and Brian May are in the kitchen, and the backsplash on the wall is like green and bright. And then their outfits, Brian May has like a dark orange sweater on and the au pair, Bojovanovic, has the like this teal long sleeve shirt on. And it just looked very colorful, but not in an obtrusive way. And I, I think I, that I, might just be like Danish style in general. You think so? I think it's just something that our like color palette and like design style aren't used to, but I enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. I, I, it, I definitely thought the movie had some great character development. 
you know, like pretty much everyone had an arc, right? Or had mm-hmm. to come to terms with something, like lots of visible change. Uh, even like an- anal faller at the end, like spoiler alert, like you know he he come he overcomes a fear to play a trombone, which by a the French way, French horn, but that's a okay. French a French horn, <laughs> a French horn. I'm sorry, uh, and uh, just like but like to that point though, the writing was real good because not much left unknown. Lots of full circle moments, even small jokes set up in the beginning that paid off. Most mm-hmm. of the lines in this thing mean something, even down to like throwaway comments about French horns. <laughs> that that happened in the or very beginning it, whatever you remember it, or, or trombones or french horns uh i actually have french horn written down so i don't know why i said trombone <laughs> uh there is some fat that could have been trimmed off in this for sure but i mean it was hour and 56 she minutes long and i did fat shame a little bit <laughs> there's a, a little bit of chubby salami that could have been chopped off uh ending was a little weird christmas ending I don't, I don't know what was going on with that. Me and Brianna were very confused. I wasn't confused about it. I just, it was, um, it like you said, there wasn't a lot of unanswered things at the end. And the beginning starts with Christmas music. So there you go. <laughs> right, right before the very ending, though, Brianna, I wrote down like I wouldn't call it an action film outright, but then it like became an action film. But the, only the very last like ten minutes were like real actiony. Would you consider it an action film? Like, what, um, where would you place this? It's, it's kind of tough. I don't really know what genre, genre it would be in because there was really good, you know, action for what I thought. It's definitely not a full-on action movie. There was really good drama. And then there was a very nicely added comedic part as well. I mentioned this in the very beginning in the intro, but on the Wikipedia, it does say it's an action war black comedy drama. Honestly, I think that's really the genre it fits into. It really is all of those things. It's truly all of those things. I really liked the setting in a lot of the scenes. The barn was so awesome. It was huge. And there were some cool cool setups in that. The dinner table scenes were hilarious, Brianna, I thought. I thought they used the dinner table mm-hmm. for comedy in a real great way a lot of times. I kind of thought they would maybe the explain bad guys why in this movie, he though. had a gigantic fucking barn in his yard, but they didn't, so. Yeah, they never, they, actually, that was, like, the one thing. He's just like, where did the barn come from? Who built it? And you just never find out. No. Uh, that was, like, the one thing they didn't really come full circle on. What do you think of the biker gang? Like, the, they're the bad guys in this movie. Is 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 that kind of crime in, going on in Denmark? Like, biker gang crime? Is that a thing? Let I don't us know. know. Why are you asking me? I don't live in Denmark. I'm just asking the audience, I guess. <laughs> what did you think of that, though? The bad, the villains. Um, it. I mean, it was refreshing, I suppose, to see the villains slash bad guys of a movie just be, you know, people from their own area. It wasn't like, oh man, like we're in Denmark, but we're fighting the Russians or something, or we're in Denmark and we're fighting Americans. It was like, oh yeah, it's just. An inner country war thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, but the, it, I don't but... know. Like, they were just, they were very stereotypical biker gang. Like, they were big and they had tattoos and they were mean. Which not all biker gangs are, but they could have done a little better. Yeah. They opinion. also didn't do, they didn't do well, I feel like, building them up. Because at the end, when they all, spoiler alert, when they all died, <laughs> I didn't really feel much for yeah it. It was I wasn't like, like I wasn't super excited <laughs> yeah exactly um and we also do we know what happened to Evan Peters was he okay was yeah, he in the very see him? did you see him at the fucking ending did you pay uh, attention were you watching the movie or were you reading the subtitles well that's the you know that's the thing that's the there's lots of that lots of going on we'll talk about the end in the spoiler zone I I liked the end and I also didn't like the end um but yeah, I guess you're kind of right. I I enjoyed myself, Brianna, but not like I enjoyed myself watching Nobody or What did we watch last week? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, uh, we watched uh Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. <laughs> Army of the Dead. I liked Army of the Dead better than this. Well, I appreciate them both in their own separate yeah. ways. Yeah, I think so. I think that's I think that's the right the right way to put it. Um, I would give this a thirty six out of fifty popcorn okay. bags. Uh, I thought it was serviceable. I thought it was good. Some good comedy. 
not the best. I'd recommend it though, especially if you can once it it's going to end up on Hulu in like 2 months <laughs> and you won't have to pay 5.99 for it. But Brianna, was it worth the 5.99? What what's your take? How many popcorn bags? Well, considering you gave Army of the Dead less popcorn bags than you gave this movie, you must have liked it a little more. Yeah, I kind of well, once again, I'm kind of basing them off different they're obviously in, very different on subject matter. Yeah, I have different. I'm, I'm basing them on different, different statistics, different, different things, different bases. You just want to say statistics because that's all they say in the movie. <laughs> they say it so many times in this movie. You love statistics. I would give it a thirty out of fifty popcorn bags. I respect that. And I would recommend it. I would say honestly, it was worth the five ninety nine. It's not that much. It is kind of upsetting that my version was an English dub, but I'm not going to... That's not affecting my score. I would still give it a 30 out of 50 probably if I watched it in the Danish version. It was just... um, I was kind of bummed that that's all I could find. Yeah, it was a little slow at points. I definitely would say it's better than okay, and I would say that it's a good movie, but not a great movie. Nothing better than good. Serviceable, for sure. It's good. It's good, Mads, and I'm if, glad I watched it. Mads Mikkelsen does a great job, and the character actors do a great job, and that's really what it comes down to. If if the if the actors weren't as good, it this movie would have been terrible. If the acting was bad, it would have been terrible. Mm-hmm. I, I I know that goes to say for a lot of movies, but if you kind of know what I'm what I'm saying, spoiler zone. <laughs> favorite parts, least favorite parts. Brianna, let's get into your favorite parts. One of my favorite parts was the UK the Ukrainian trafficked fake au pair they had who they gave him a bunch of different names but i really enjoyed his character i thought he did a lot for everyone else's character and i'm glad he was there i think that he was great did you want to talk about how we met him (laughs) i think whoever that actor was did a fantastic job considering the way you meet him is he's in one of the biker gang's guys houses and you see him with like a ball gag and a tray on his back and he's completely naked and he's acting like a human like side table right before they they kill one of the guys that he's they that keep saying he's not ready he's not ready but they don't we don't know what he's talking about and eventually we we find out what he's talking about and it's the human table who uh, they eventually save later on in the movie so Mm-hmm. He, they don't save him at first, and then they end up finding him later. It's not that they don't save him; they kind of just leave him. Like, oh, what oh, do we do? We're not used to we this. Do? We're just regular people. Oh, that guy just snapped his neck. <laughs> I have the human table down too. Speaking of the human table, in comparison to the human table, the Brian May character also gets used as a human table in his past, I guess. And so, there's a point in time where Mads Mikkelsen is like gonna like gonna beat him up. And he runs into a field and he pulls down his pants and he gets on all hands and knees and says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, just like take me, I'm sorry. And it's like supposed to, I don't know if that's how trauma works exactly, but that's that's how this guy processes his trauma. So I got to say my favorite part of the movie, Brianna, my mm-hmm. like I think my favorite, favorite part of the movie is that these people have all become like a family after this traumatizing event. Like at the end of the movie, they're celebrating Christmas together. Well, I just liked how Mads Mikkelsen was just sitting there like, this is my family now, my daughter and her weird boyfriend and... See, you did see the weird boyfriend there. (laughs) These three strange men who are all traumatized in their own ways and have weird idiosyncrasies and stuff. Well, that leads me into my other, one of my other favorite parts is when uh, Danish Jason Bateman is explaining to Mads Mikkelsen about, like, why those three guys all came together. And he was like, yeah, you know, we all seem to get along because we all have, like, our certain, you know, problems and trauma. And then he, (laughs) this is not funny, but it's, it was for me. He was like, yeah, you know, it's just like when fat people all hang out together, they hang out so they don't look as fat. That's fucking, I'm so, so was, much fat. I was kind of sitting there like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> that's not true. Fat people, I've, I've never found a, a more fat person to be to sit next to to be like, ha, 
Yeah, like, but it's not like, fatty. no, you're not intentionally like picking someone out as a fat person to either hang out with them or like sit next to them to make yourself look slash feel better. It's just that like, yeah, you know, you all have something in common and I guess that's your very weird way of all getting along. Go congregate like a bunch of rhinos, fatties. That's what the- <laughs> Go that's hang the... out with like a bunch of salamis. You're good. <laughs> that's what the skinnies say to us. <laughs> I-, I... I really liked that part too. I really liked how I didn't like this part, but they they kept calling the girl a chubby little salami. <laughs> they didn't call her that a lot. They only said it once. Okay, well maybe we kept calling her that after they said it, but we did. We kept referring her to as the chubby salami, but she wasn't I, even chubby. No. Well, he made her go through a like a like an immersion therapy thing where he made her drink Coca Cola. And then eat a bunch of ice cream and then stand up to her dad and say she's not afraid to be fat. She wasn't even fat, by the way, or even chubby in the in in like the slightest. No, Mads Mickelson had like some sort of weird twisted thing in his head where like he didn't want his daughter to get fat, so he like fat shamed her into thinking she was fat, and that's why he was like, Make sure you run like three times a week. We don't want you to be a chubby salami, you fat cow. <laughs> fat cow. Oh no. He didn't say uh, that. <laughs> yeah, he did say that, but yeah, it's, it's what he, he did meant. make sure she ran three times a week, which was <laughs> not healthy. But uh, if she wants to run three times a week, good for her. Yeah, but if she doesn't, you don't make her Mads Mickelson, you dick. Yeah. I, I mentioned, obviously, in the lukewarm takes that one of my favorite parts was the full circle stuff. And there's a point in time in the beginning of the movie, Brianna, where Eamon Thaller's at his table and they're asking him to find the guy via facial recognition. Uh, find the guy who blew up the train via facial mm-hmm. recognition, and his threshold is ninety nine point one two percent accuracy rating. Like he only uses that threshold to determine uh, if he's made a match or not. Mm-hmm. And they ask him to just lower they peer pressure the, him. They peer pressure him into lowering the rating to just ninety five percent, and they're like, "It's not that big a deal." Just and he's freaking out, and he's like, "It's not the same. It's not the same." And then at the very end of the movie, or not the very end, but Towards the end of the movie, you find out that they actually ended up killing the wrong guy because they didn't use his exact metric. And it just makes things even more like that. That brings the plot further through because now Mads Mikkelsen is like, fuck, I didn't even kill the guy that killed my wife. And now there's a fucking biker gang after me and my family. Yeah, there was a lot of satisfying moments like that, like when the Ukrainian human table was explaining to Mads Mikkelsen or... I'm pretty sure it was Mads Mikkelsen. It could have been Danish or Jason Bateman, but I don't know. But he was explaining it to someone about, like, how they were on... Him and the biker gang guy were on vacation, and they got back on a certain day, and Mads or fake Jason Bateman was like, oh, yeah, what are you talking about? What? Like, he was on the, the train. Like, that's who got off. And the Ukrainian human table was like, no, like, we got home. Like, I know when we got home. And that's how they find out that they killed the wrong guy. Even though he was a bad guy because he was using like a human trafficked person as a table slash he had a human trafficked person at all. So yeah. it's not like they made a huge boo-boo, Bingo. but it was like a, whoa, that yeah. was alarming. It was like a whoopsie. And then you see the guy who actually blew up the train like back in his home. Um, and he's talking about how he hates the Danish food and that he got McDonald's. Well, that tied into like, Remember, Danish Jason Bateman was, like, going to the police, and he was like, that guy threw out a 14, like, cronut <laughs> sandwich and juice, and he was like, people don't just throw out expensive food like that after yep. taking a bite and, like, a sip, but then when you do find out it's just the guy is from Egypt, and he just didn't like Danish food, so that's why he got off and threw it out. And he was just like, yeah, their food was weird. And then you're just like, oh, my God, it was all just a coincidence. But that comes right after um, the daughter and Danish Jason Bateman are in her room explaining to each other. Or he's explaining to her, like, yeah, it's all statistics and all these different things could have happened and all these different outcomes. But, like, you can't change anything. You can't really – nothing will, you know, make it go right. And she's like, yeah, like, I know. And then you just find out, yeah, the Egyptian guy just didn't like Danish food. Yeah, that's uh, that's perfect because it's all about statistics. And then there, you know, there's even a point in time in the very, in the very first half of the movie, Brianna, where Brian May is having a counseling session with the daughter, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, you can focus on all the bad things. Like a million different bad things can happen, 
but you know you you never know for sure and that's kind of like a whole it's kind of like the whole theme of the movie like you never know for sure um and that goes even for Mads Mikkelsen when we think he dies at the end and then he shows up in a Christmas sweater looking <laughs> like a daddy Oh, he did. Honestly, the whole, the very first scene of the movie is foreshadowing the entire thing, if you think about it. Because Danish Jason Bateman and Brian May are standing there as, like, these guys who must have gotten some sort of, like, funding for this statistics project on, like, whether having a club foot and, like, being hard of hearing are related. And they end up getting fired because the people they're presenting it to are like, so there's no correlation? And they're like, well, no, we couldn't find anything. And they were like, okay, well, get the fuck out. Bye. <laughs> yeah, they fired him right off the yeah. right off the rip. And then that sets into motion. Yeah, that's, that's, per- that's perfect. How about least favorite parts, though? My first thing was the old pizza that uh, <laughs> Danish... Danish Jason Bateman ate in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, right that was after gross. right after his traumatizing event where he saw hundreds of people die right next to him in a train accident. He just goes home and eats some old pizza with his gimp arm. It was interesting because you know he wasn't home the whole day for you know what we think he left in the morning, went to work, got fired, and then got in a train accident. So he had to go to the hospital. So it could be well after midnight. And he kind of, like, holds his hand over the pizza, like, oh, is it still warm? And then he, like, opens it up and looks at it and, like, gives it a little sniff and eats it. Yeah, he's like, oh. There's pizza's a big theme in this movie. Yeah, they bring up, they drop pizza a few times. Food's actually a big theme theme in this movie. When we first meet Brian May, he's eating a, he's eating a whole ass sandwich. He's eating a whole ass sandwich. Uh, One of the characters is named after a cheese. Oh, Emmenthaler. Yeah, perfect. They're constantly making dinner. Yeah, there's, like, a cute moment where Emmenthaler's, like, chopping, like, scallions very meticulously because that's how he is. I think he might have some obsessive-compulsive tendencies. I think so. But, yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was one of your least favorite parts? No, no. Food always, food brings people to, people together. The my One of my least favorite parts was just the fact that he sniffed the old pizza and then ate it. Okay. <laughs> just, yeah, just that, that, that was, he shouldn't have. Yeah. Once he held his little hand over it, it shouldn't have been touched. Yeah, no. <laughs> you didn't even um, have to open it to figure that one out. <laughs> what about you? What's your what's your first first least favorite part? Um, a lot of the trauma that happens to the like Brian May's character and like the Ukrainian human table that was pretty intense for for me. That was actually very heavy stuff in reality. Very very heavy stuff. Can't make a lot of jokes about sex trafficking and rape brian may's character uh, uh alludes to the fact that his father and uncles raped him in a barn for several several years and they do try to make a joke out of it at one point i mentioned at the time where he goes into the field and it's just kind of like like I don't know if that okay was a joke i think that was just like his reaction to like that was his reaction to it and it was to make mads mickelson kind of be like fuck okay like this guy clearly has some trauma that i didn't realize but i yeah. feel like they might have made it a little they tried to make it a little too funny than it actually was like yeah, i feel, they, I feel uh, like it was a little extra than it needed to be oh i mean it seemed kind of realistic and i guess it it is what happens to people so maybe they're just trying to show that it happens to people every day yeah, and to that point, I th- I do think that uh, the breakthrough Mads Mikkelsen have could have been pulled off a little better. I feel like it was too quick. How do you well, feel about that? When he smashes his ugly bathroom up. Yeah, what did you think about that? Like he was like he he got upset that his that they killed the wrong guy. He went into the bathroom. He started headbutting shit, punching shit, throwing shit, and then he was on the ground and he was like, "What just happened? My wife's gone. I'm sad now." Like it Honestly, was like, is that is that realistic to you? I think it had been building for quite some time because his daughter describes him as like cold and like he's just he doesn't care who he kills and all this stuff because he's like a soldier and blah 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 and he kind of once his wife dies like he's trying to be a man about it he's not crying you know he think he's thinks he's being strong for his daughter and stuff like that but you slowly kind of see him like deteriorating like when he punches poor Danish Jason Bateman in the face like for no reason well for some reason and then like kicks him out of the car and like leaves him there and then like Brian May and Cheese Boy are de- like explained to Mads like what happened to 
Dana's chasing Bateman and like why his life is the way it is now. And then Mads was kind of like, fuck. And then I think just the tipping point was them getting the wrong guy. And he was like, no, what did I do? And that's yeah, when that's... he just, he loses it. Cause then he realizes like, oh my God, we got the wrong guy. Like my wife literally just died out of total coincidence. And yeah, I miss her. He, yeah, he, he has his breakthrough and Danish Jason Bateman is there for him, uh, and they have a they have a talk about mm-hmm. what it's like to lose somebody. Um, I just hated that bathroom. That was one of my least favorite parts. The bathroom. Oh, the bathroom was disgusting. A weird tub. <laughs> the tiles uh, shouldn't have gone that way. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I hated when Evan Peters got his fingers broken. That really bummed me out. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, that's made me squirm in my seat because you see his fingers bent all the way back, and you hear him crunch, and you're like, eh, Yeah, that's... Oh, no. That's never something you want to see and or hear at the same time. And you're like, whoa, I don't care if, you know, zombies are getting their heads blasted off, but don't show me someone getting their fingers snapped. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch someone get a hole punched in their face, like through their head, but Ugh. I do not want to see actual fingers being broken. No, thanks. It's like when I'll you see some it. like bone come through some skin, like somebody breaks their ankle or something. Woo. I'll watch Mads take a bullet to the back of the knee anytime. I just don't want to see fingers oh, snapped. That was again. rough, though. No, that was rough. The bullet to the back of the knees are rough. Ooh. What other yeah. least favorite parts did you have? Honestly, I the barn thing really bummed me out. <laughs> oh, the, the we didn't get any closure on it? Well, it was interesting because Brian May character mentions that, like, this barn is bigger than your main house. And that's kind of just all that's talked about the barn. It's like, why does he have this giant barn? Was it used for something before? Why is it gigantic? You could fit a plane in there. And it's just, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just like the big, it was a huge barn. And his house was really tiny. And it like, it. it his house wasn't it was... tiny. His house was like an appropriate size. But if you saw the barn next to it, you'd be like, why don't you live in there? Why don't you live in the barn? Convert the barn, Mads. He's like, he doesn't have the time. The He's always been with the Danish KGB. Call the Gaines' family then. Like, get them in there. They'll fix that baby right up. <laughs> the Christmas ending confused the shit out of me. Wait, maybe the Christmas ending had something to do with it. The Christmas ending was... It was interesting. Like, the beginning of the movie begins with... A Christmas song, and I know my Christmas songs. I don't know off the top of my head the title of it, but I can identify a Christmas song, no problem. So it was a Christmas song. The it ends with the same Christmas song. It was kind of interesting to see everybody like all patched up. Like Cheese Boy had his a bandage on his head from when like blood was spurting out of it from when he claimed he dodged a bullet. Uh, <laughs> like the daughter and fake evan peters were both in like slings like mads mickelson had a big like thing on his leg from when he got shot in the knee and then brian may was just sitting there like traumatized (laughs) but smiling at the same time and it was um it was just fun to see them all come together but yeah it was a it was weird we probably could have just you know looked through the window like the shot could have been us looking through the window and them all just kind of quietly like celebrating without any audible things being spoken yeah. and that would have been enough for me mads mickelson didn't speak an audible word so i think <laughs> like we we didn't need to see the french horn we didn't need to see that the daughter got her bike but i'm just glad they like, did because full it circle did, it, it tied it everything it together. Tied it yeah so. but. that's all i got on this brianna you yeah, that's all I really have for least favorite parts. It just, my one biggest thing was it could have been shorter. Yeah, it definitely could have been shorter. Like I said, some salami could have been trimmed off of this thing. Uh, it, it wasn't crisp, but it was solid character development, solid writing. Um, just just not just not as tight as you'd really want it to be. But definitely go check it out. Good movie. Not great. Good. What else you watched this week, Brianna? Oh, <laughs> I've been waiting all week to tell you this because when I watched it, I didn't want to tell you. I probably very seriously watched it last Tuesday, so it really has almost been a whole week. Oh, wow. I watched Shadow in the Clouds. <laughs> Shadow in the Cloud. I don't even know if that's the right title, but I watched it. And had you made me watch it for this podcast, I would have quit. What? What? What is? What is? What, oh, is that the with Chloe Grace Moratz? 
Yeah, it has Chloe Grace, Chloe About the zombies? Grace Moretz, and it literally <laughs> was the fucking stupidest movie I ever watched. If you oh. could interview my roommate right now, you'd hear me yelling at my TV very loudly because it just it didn't make any sense. And we were going to watch that in January. <sighs> well, it's on Hulu right now, free to stream if you have Hulu. And I'll tell you the whole movie right now so you just save yourself, I don't know, the hour and a half, hour 45 of the movie. Okay. It was, oh my gosh. So I'm pretty sure the point of the movie was to highlight um, the wasps, which were, you know, the women in the, the Air Force during World War II when they sent them yeah. out as pilots. Right. So very interesting topic. Um awful movie though awful depiction of it <laughs> it was basically chloe grace moretz is the wasp not like ant-man but she she's the woman in this in the armed forces or the air force and she just there's synth music all throughout the movie and it just doesn't make any sense you're like why is there so much synth music and it even says on the caption synth music so when you think you can just block your little ears you can't you read it Oh my god, that sounds awful. Is there zombies in it? No, there's gremlins. And it's not the little gremlin from the movie in the 80s. It's this starts with this whole the movie starts off with kind of like a a weird I don't know, Air Force orientation movie where they say, you know, if you're going to be flying a plane, you shouldn't be drunk and getting buck wild because, you know, you could crash. But it's just the gremlins fall. And they like they kind of make this gremlin thing like a fictitious way of just being like, don't fuck up out there because you're flying a fucking plane. Yeah. <laughs> and you should be careful and pay attention. And so you're like, OK. And then you see Chloe Grace Moretz and she's got this like radio bag and it's you know i thought there was time traveling but there was no time traveling they totally deceived me and she's like jumping onto a plane and she convinces this whole plane of men that she's there on special mission and then there is very vulgar things said about her and like lots of locker room talk and they're like yeah like did you see the ass on her and there's like whoa 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 part-time feminist brianna was not happy about anything they were saying <laughs> and then there's this weird scene where she goes down there's just like the scenes are too long first of all she goes into like that little i forget what they call it but it's the little circle pod from like the star wars where they're guns and they send you in there and you can rotate around and stuff and you shoot the little guns in the plane so yeah. she's in one of those and she gets like trapped down there and she's like got this whole play of like on this like old-timey you know Ro english Rosie girl the yeah and she's like i'm just trying to get from here to a to point a to point b and like i just need to la 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 get some help and then she like fancies this thing and she gets the guns going and she like shoots this thing out of it's just so weird <laughs> and then you find out that this whole bag that she has the radio bag that she's protecting with like her life is a baby there's a baby in there oh and you're like what and then later you do see a gremlin and they're like because she keeps seeing them out in like the clouds hence shadow in the cloud and she's like there's gremlins in there and they're like cut her radio off cut this bitch out she's fucking crazy down there must be pms or something <laughs> and so then they're like they cut off all communication with her and she gets stuck in that little gun pod thing. And then once they like reveal that the baby is in there, she actually one of the guys in the plane is the baby's daddy. And like he knew that that was her the whole time. He didn't know there was I pretty sure he didn't know there was a baby, but he like knew that that was his like the girl he was sleeping with and she like snuck on the plane and you're just like what <laughs> and then the japs sorry i just said japs but that's what they Je call them <laughs> jesus brianna <laughs> the the japanese people the japanese fighter pilots are coming in and they're like she's like i see the japanese people and they're like no you don't their planes don't have enough fuel to get out here because they're supposed to be flying over like samoa 
and she's like no i fucking see planes you stupid bitches like i see them and they're like shut up and they shut her off again and then all of a sudden they start shooting at them and they're like oh my god it was the japanese people and it was like yeah she wasn't lying she might have seen some gremlins but she wasn't lying and then there's just all this crazy stuff going on the plane crashes a lot of the people on the plane are already dead because they're shot when the japanese people shoot through the plane of course the baby survives chloe grace moretz survives the baby daddy survives um it's very weird i would never recommend it to anybody like you could watch it as like a torture movie like if you really hate someone and you want to make them watch it like you could clockwork orange them and just open their little eyes and make them watch it but it was horrible and I feel so bad because I feel like Chloe Grace Moretz is such a good actress and it was just like what is she doing in this movie (laughs) she hasn't been in anything good in a while yeah but I feel like she's just she's She's not she's not getting roles man there's something going on she's getting roles because she's scooping up all these shit roles and so people are like let's see her portfolio and they're like oh fuck what's she doing in all these movies and that's why i think she's getting passed up for a lot of stuff but i feel like she is a really good actress it's just female tom hanks (laughs) not even though (laughs) i mean i know i'm sorry female bruce willis that's what i meant to say yeah female bruce willis sorry sorry tom hanks Uh, sorry rita uh, <laughs> I don't even know if it's female Bruce Willis. It was just, it was like, it was, it's sad. It was a very bad movie. That sucks. Uh, speaking of like, uh, kind of like underwhelming actors and actresses, I watched Men in Black International and Independence Day Resurgence, both of who have uh, a Hemsworth brother in it. And I've seen Men in Black. Yeah, they, they, was, they were both fine, but like. Chris Hemsworth, like, poor guy. Like, you're never going to be Liam Hemsworth. Like, it's just not even, it's not even fair anymore. Wait, Chris Hemsworth will never be Liam Hemsworth? No, I'm sorry. Liam Hemsworth will never be Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I was like, just what do you like, mean Thor will never be his stupid brother that dated Miles Zara? Yeah, Or married yeah. Miles Zara. Go on. Go on. Sorry. But <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So the, I watched those. They were fine. Um, Independence Day Resurgence was worse than Men in Black International, in my opinion. But they were both not great. They're is good. Liam Hemsworth in Independence Day? Yes. Because Chris Hemsworth is in Men in Black, isn't he? Yeah, Liam Hemsworth is in Independence Day, and he's supposed you had to a play Hemsworth brother like marathon. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it was like not the best. I, I mean, good Men in Black International thing. Like I like Chris Hemsworth, and I like. Uh, shit, what's her yeah. face? What's her name? Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Yeah, I think she's a really good actress. So, Who's in like a throuple with Rita Ora and Taika Waititi. <laughs> what? Did you know that? No. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. They were literally up, all seen together like having a three-way kiss, which honestly was pretty hot, but... That's tough. It was like... They got caught, and then Tessa Thompson was all of a sudden, like, making out with some other guy. And it was like, Tessa Thompson, like, why are you making out with some other guy? Why don't you want to be in that Taika Waititi Rita Ora relationship? Hello, you fool. Tessa Thompson, <laughs> deaf girl from Creed. Headlines! Extra, extra, read all about Brianna, I only got a couple headlines. I want to ask you, though, what do you think of MGM's sale to Amazon? Do you care? I didn't even know. You just blew my mind. <laughs> this is literally headlines to me. Really? Yeah, MGM got sold to Amazon for $8.9 billion. Uh, We're talking Legally Blonde. We're talking James Bond. We're talking the Barbershop series. (laughs) (laughs) Anything MGM has is now Amazon's. Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Okay, yeah. So I guess, you know, we're probably going to get some some different things on Amazon. I bet we'll get a, a Legally Blonde show. That's probably going to be a thing. How could they well, not? There's supposed to be a Legally Blonde 3 already like in the process of being filmed. Oh, Jeff Bezos probably definitely working on that then. I love Legally Blonde. That's like one of my favorite movies. Really? Yeah, I think it's... The first one and the second one or just the first one? The second one, it's fine. Like, it's no first one though. <laughs> I think the first one's great. Like, I love... That they come to Harvard. I love Reese Witherspoon as Elle. I think she was the perfect person for that. Oh, um, What's his face? The the Wilson brother, not Owen, 
but the Luke. other ones in it. He's really good. Jennifer Coolidge is fucking fantastic in it. Like Bruiser the dog. <laughs> Great acting. I just think MGM just doesn't like they're so old. They're such an old production company. Well, yeah, that's why I said Wizard of Oz. That's the only I, movies I can think of that MGM I ever also, had was when yeah. they like sold Judy Garland as like a person. And I don't give a shit about James Bond. I really don't. I've never been into James Bond. It's just, they're so boring. Well, remember really how I so told boring. you I was going to try to watch all of them from like, you know, the OG ones to like Moonraker? Yeah. Yeah. Haven't done that. Really not ever going to probably do it. No, that's tough. I tried to watch the original James Bonds when I was like 15, and I just remember being like, I don't want to watch this. I want to watch Rugrats all grown up instead. <laughs> and, and I didn't even watch that, so that should say a lot. Yeah, I um, I'd rather watch Pierce Brosnan in like Mrs. Doubtfire. Thank you very much. Yeah, Pierce. I also think that us growing up, Pierce Brosnan being our main James Bond, just doesn't do much for me. I just don't I think do he's that cool. I do love the way he still looks now. He still looks great. If you've seen a recent picture of him, fly no, as I haven't hell. seen. I haven't seen Pierce Brosnan in ages. I thought he. I thought he died. Uh, kind of like oh. I thought Lindsay Lohan died, but apparently she's returning to. Netflix for a romantic comedy Christmas movie. Why? Because she needs money and that's all that they'll give her. Is it going to be sad to watch? It's going to be like real weird, huh? Like she's going to look like she's going to look bad. (laughs) As a child of the 90s, one of my favorite films growing up was The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan and her twin, Lindsay Lohan. Of course. I still watch it to this day. It still brings me joy whenever I watch it. And I, even though it's stupid and you're like the whole reveal of like, oh my God, we were born on the same day. We must be sisters. It's like, it's so cheesy, but it just, it's got a lot of like nostalgia for me. So does that mean you're excited for Lindsay Lohan? Are you excited for Lindsay Lohan? Mean Girls was a great Lindsay Lohan film. Uh, Freaky Friday has its own special place in my heart, even though I haven't seen it in ages. What about Kirby Fully Loaded? Really... No, I've never seen that. I'm really not excited to see Lindsay Lohan act ever again. Yeah. I felt the same way about Drew Barrymore when she started doing stuff too. I was like, I don't know. But Drew Barrymore, like, this. she went through it. She had a rough go and she's made like quite a resurgence. She has a talk show now and all this stuff, and it seemed to really work That's out fair. for her, but Lindsay Lohan, it, she was just so far down that black hole that I don't think anything's going to save her at this point. I mean, she, she's running out of Coke money. That's why she's doing a Netflix. Ro- she's doing a Christmas. Well, movie. yeah, ever since her beach house got literally canceled, like. What her else what? has she been doing? Her, you didn't you never saw that? No. She I think it was an MTV show. It was called like Lindsay Lohan's like beach club and she owned she bought this club or like beach villa-esque club that you could go to in like greece yeah and from that came this like fucking weird ass (laughs) video that someone took of her dancing and it's very very sad and like that's really where you can tell like she must have really hit rock bottom but she Ooh. owned this like club, and I it got closed, obviously. And so she's really hurting for money right now. Add that add that video to Bagel Bites so we can watch it later. <laughs> Bagel Bites is the is the playlist that me and Brianna watch. It's a food playlist, pretty much. <laughs> and we and we watch YouTube videos and uh, comment on stealth camp videos. Not to anyone specific, just to ourselves. <laughs> Brianna, did you have any other headlines? No, I just want to know your thoughts on two things. Mm-hmm. One, A Quiet Place 2. I couldn't read what I wrote. I'm too far away from my computer. A Quiet <laughs> Place 2 had a bigger opening than Tenet. What do you think that means for society? Do you think that they were actually jazzed to see A Quiet Place 2? I have heard it's a really good movie. But like, do you think people were just so fucking ready to get back in there that they were just ready to get those sticky floors and those tightly packed seats with no masks on? Well, I think that I think that people are back. They're 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 back and they're they're ready to go. Here's the thing, though. I think that 
you might see a trend, just kind of like how in China, you remember like a couple weeks ago, F9 came out and made like $180 million for its opening weekend? Mm-hmm. In China, it, you know what it made last weekend? $20 million. That's still a lot, it, though. It's not that... It, but, uh, Brianna, going from $180 million to $20 million is is incomprehensible. That's not usually what happens. It should have won $100 million the next weekend and then $50 million the, the weekend after. Um, I'm so surprised bad re- they even made $20 million, though. Like, after $180 million was made in one weekend, like, who was left to see it? Yeah. Well, I well the reason that the reason that the this the reason that it tanked was because of bad reviews after the first week. So my answer to that is I think that reviews are really going to matter this summer. I think that if somebody lampoons a movie, people are going to be like, "I don't really need to see that." But if someone's like, "Oh, it, like if the consensus is that this movie is really good, I think that people are going to go see it." I don't think they're going to go out for shitty movies, but I think they're going to go out for movies that are criticized well high rotten tomato score movies will do well this summer low rotten tomato score movies will not that is my prediction i think people yeah they'll be more conscientious of what they're going to the theaters to see because of you know everything that is still kind of going on i don't think they're just gonna go because they need to spend some time inside some air conditioning like yeah they're gonna be looking a little bit lazily scanning the internet for some reviews to be like, is this movie really worth spending my not stimulus money on anymore? Like, am I going to risk going in with probably fake vaccinated people? And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of things that they're thinking about that they weren't thinking about before theaters opened. Also, this just in yesterday, I think probably last week, this is old news because that's how I get my news. <laughs> <laughs> Movie theaters, major movie theaters, are not requiring masks for anybody. They're not even going to be able to ask. They're just going to let you go in, free ball it, and they just want your money. And that totally grosses me out, and that makes me never want to go to a theater again. Sorry. Really? Yeah, uh, they're like the, the the theaters around here. Obviously, you know that I got the I got the down low on most of the stuff that's going on mm-hmm. when it comes to movie theaters. And uh, yeah, they're just going for it right now. Um, uh, we've talked about it. The Lux level is still serverless. Uh, you're you're gonna have to go up and get your own drinks and stuff like that. And there's no more free popcorn. And there's no more button. Um, you're paying an extra dollar essentially for a luxury seat. But yeah, you don't gotta you don't gotta mask up. Um, the employees don't there's nothing been said to the employees yet in a, a lot of chains from what i've heard just kind of like you can do what you want kind of thing status quo maybe but yeah uh they don't they don't give a fuck they're just they're just they're just going for it here's the thing though before brianna they were only telling people that they had to mask up in the lobby and once they got into the theater they could have taken their masks off anyway yeah but that was when they had limited capacity yeah now it's elbow ass to elbows uh no thanks. Now it's just human centipedes no matter what. And I think yeah. maybe there will be a surge in like Lux level things because you can't really fit as many people in as you would at like an IMAX showing because those yeah, theaters no, are I'm... smaller. Yeah, exactly. And I'm definitely paying, the, if I'm going to the theater, I'm definitely paying a dollar to be up instead of like down with the plebs for Christ's sakes. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where I go to see the movies anyway, because that's like the closest one. But there is a now open theater much closer to me. And I forget what like company it is. It's not AMC. It's not Regal. I'm sure they're, it's owned by one of those, but it's not like a, whoa. Um, but it is open closer to me. So I would like to maybe check it out. But it's also hard because like I used to go to the movies during the day. Because there would be mm-hmm. no one there. But since people are still kind of working from home and it doesn't seem like they're going to go back to the office, like, they're definitely taking time out of the day to go to places like the theaters. So there goes my whole yeah. plan of, you know, it's it's slower mm-hmm. in the day. Good luck with that. Good luck getting the host of Where the Fuck Are the Popcorn Bags back at the movie theaters, nerds. Going to wait for, gonna have to wait for a Quiet Place what? 2 review to come out in, like, three months. I really... Another thing about A Quiet Place 2 coming out was that, like, John Krasinski has been going to, like, theaters to surprise audiences, and I was sitting on my sofa reading that, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Did I miss John Krasinski going to A Quiet Place because I was too much of a pussy to go to a theater? (laughs) I had major FOMO. 
John Krasinski was out at theaters because he was like, fuck, I didn't make an at-home movie VOD deal, and now I need to sell this movie, so so people need to see this fucking thing, so I'm going to go out and surprise people. That's exactly what John Krasinski was doing. Definitely didn't set up a... I have heard the reviews, though. They're for good. They're good. Good, good. Uh, I think it's dumb that any movie right now for the I next haven't year read, only like, actual opens in theaters. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. I will wait All for right. it to to be watched at my house yeah we'll do an f9 review we're we're doing an (gasps) f9 review we're gonna do a you haven't seen uh, a lot of the the quiet place i've seen enough i've seen enough of them okay i've seen bits of you're not family if you haven't seen them all (laughs) i've seen the one in brazil that's the one that counts you know what i'm not arguing this we're getting out of here thank you so much everybody we love you we appreciate you supporting us and coming and listening every week as always, you can hit us up on Instagram, on Discord, on Twitter, through the Gmail. Hashtag Brianna Sucks. That's for the OGs. Next week, we are watching Raya and the Last Dragon. I'm excited for that one. So you just got to wait a little bit for these new movies uh, every once in a while. But we'll still bring you the content. Brianna, say goodbye. Bye. Oh, more enthusiasm. <laughs> Bye, all you beautiful little salamis. Oh, we love you. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Beans. Peace.